you're listening to the CDZ of Movies. My name's Colin on the C, uh, returning is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, I'm back. You are. You missed, uh, you missed me and Rob discussing movie twist endings, but nothing is keeping you away from the return of cinemas, oh. um, where we are this week talking about uh, Tenet. Or to give it its backwards name, Tenet. You see what they've done there? You, <laughs> s- you see how clever yeah. they've been? Yeah, very clever, very clever. People do not understand palindromic words on our uh, our podcast. Clearly, what's your what would you say is your favorite uh, palindromic movie movie title? You know, you should give me some more time to prepare this, yeah. Bob. It's Bob, Bob. Yeah, mine's um, the, the du- great film Bob. Oh, I love that. I love that film. <laughs> mine's W. Um, <laughs> great film. Uh, dear. Um, so yes, we're talking tenets. We have got a quiz on the films of the late uh, great Alan Parker. Uh, we're also looking back at the film The Great Ziegfeld. Um, as a special segment today, we're going to have a look at the uh, DC Fandom, um, yes. which uh, which was, uh, well, how long ago was that now? A week and a half? Something like that. Yep, pretty much. And of course, much, much more. But um, we didn't we didn't talk too much news last time, but Zizan, you told me that you've got a, a cavalcade of news. Well, when I say cavalcade of news, I included the DC Fandom bit in it right, as well. Right, right. So I may jump the whole bit that I've written for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to go to the next bit of news, which I have. But, um, so Olivia Wilde mm. is set to write and direct Spider-Woman at Sony Ooh. Pictures. Is that um, is that what she's doing? Well, she tweeted um, a picture of a spider. Well, an uh, emoji of a spider, really. So that's uh, it's fair to assume that's what she's doing. Um, I, I'm quite surprised why this ended up with Sony though. If it, if it was actually Spider Woman, because she doesn't really have any ties with Spider Man or his universe, to be honest. Really? No, no, no. She is pretty much a Marvel Avengers person. Hmm. She works for Shield. She's an agent for Shield. Yeah, because it seems a bit unclear whether this because it seems like it's a Sony Marvel production, like like um, I guess like Venom is or or. To to a lesser extent, like uh, like the Spider-Man: Homecoming and, and Far From Home, but uh, it's it's not entirely clear um, which whether it's going to be more Marvel or more Sony. The, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the good people at Sony, I think, are quite keen that they become one and the same. Um, yep, because um, everyone loves Marvel and uh, people aren't hates quite Venom. so excited by Sony. <laughs> I watched um, I watched Venom again the other day. It's on uh, it's on Netflix now. I did I did drive on the correct side of the road still. Uh, they are they are. I thought of you actually as they they had their scenes in Malaysia when I was driving on on what you tell me is the wrong side of the road. But, it's the wrong side of the road. We drive the same side as you guys. But who am I supposed to believe, Zijan? You or, or Sony? Yeah, I know, right? It's not like they've you know made errors in judgments before. <laughs> Should I believe um, uh, my, my good friend from over a hundred podcasts, or, or should I believe the people who gave me uh, the Ghostbusters reboot? It's difficult yep. to say. Finish. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch the Ghostbusters reboot, so I guess I'll go with you. Uh, yes, no, it's, it's basically exactly as I, I remember it being um, weird and misusing of Michelle Williams and Tom Hardy sits in a fish tank. Uh, yep, pretty much. Yeah, uh, uh, Olivia Wilde last did books, mate. Mm. Um, it was her directorial debut as well and that uh, I seen that and I enjoyed that um, and it's gotten good reviews as well so I'm quite keen to, keen to see her uh, direct something new um, but yeah okay, I, I don't know anything about Spider-Woman um, she's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent basically right. she has pretty much the same powers well she has this 
kind of the same powers as Spider-Man. Like, he does, she doesn't have the spider sense. Can she do anything as spider can? Uh, no. No? Oh. Oh, no, quite, quite. Well, she can release pheromones, which I imagine a female spider does. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. And she can shoot a spider venom thing. Okay. Well, that's pretty much it. Okay. Well, yeah, I've not seen Booksmart, but uh, Olivia Wilde um, is, where, as you say, very well-regarded. Um, here's a piece of news that isn't DC fandom news, but is DC news that weirdly wasn't mentioned in fandom. <laughs> um, and it's that Ben Affleck will be uh, returning as Batman in the Flash movie. Yeah. So I've... I don't know whether how much of fandom was pre-recorded, but they did a whole Flash panel and didn't mention this at all, which I thought was very strange. Uh, but those of you who are DC fans or, or not, you all know that Ben Affleck played Batman and then said he would and then said he wouldn't and said he would said he wouldn't and said he would and said he wouldn't uh, and we thought we'd seen the last one but he's back uh, for Flashpoint which may or may not be the title of the Flash movie uh, which probably is isn't it probably is it probably is uh, and that's where Flashpoint in, in the comics is where the timelines get rewritten um, my suspicion is I don't know if you agree Susan, uh, that this will be a fairly brief Ben Affleck cameo um, at the, towards the start where, before everything gets has- rewritten well, I heard he had some say in the script as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which uh, convinced him to return. But he's not going to be the only Batman who's going to be in that film anyway. He's not. Um, as listeners of last time's podcast will know, um, Michael Keaton is reprising his role as Batman as Bruce Wayne uh, from 1989 and from the sequel, which was probably, I don't know, 93, something like that. And no news yet if Robert Pattinson will show up as well. Yeah, it's, it's so weird because you, you know, Zijan, that I've been clamouring like so many others for a, a, a Spider-Verse live-action movie. What? Really, Colin? That's the first time I've heard this. <laughs> and it seems that uh, the Batman might be doing it first because I think they're probably not I think they're probably not stopping there. Uh, no, think. they're probably trying to do something like Into the Spider-Verse which did really well. Mm. So, um, so which, I mean, who else have we got? you got Christian Bale. Obviously, you got Val Kilmer and George Clooney who are supposed to be the same character that um, uh, that uh, uh, Michael Keaton was playing or the same iteration and Adam West obviously Adam West of course um, and that's before you get into uh, cartoons or, or TV or, or whatever yeah. did you watch the um, uh, DC TV series when they did their um, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths and I've seen bits of it on YouTube but I've not seen it all because I, I did watch that and that um, that was that was really wonderfully done because as, as well as the like the Flash TV series and uh, and um, the Arrowverse etc etc they, they brought in um, well they brought in someone from the nineteen eighty nine Batman film they brought in um, elements of the the Superman films the Birds of Prey TV series uh, they had Kevin Conroy uh, who's famous for 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 voicing Batman he's played a live action Batman uh, they had various snippets from all sorts of things that um, some of which are more popular than others what's the uh, the Smallville had some of that in there. Tom Welling, yeah, Tom Welling was there. They even had Ezra Miller actually as the Flash um, in that show. So that, 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 yeah, I've seen those bits. That's how it works. Though, but like, I, I worry how you can fit so many characters uh, in a film, which is only like what two hours long, less than that. Yeah, and this is why I think Ben Affleck's not going to be in a huge amount. I think it's going to be a he's having a scene and he he messes up time and just like, whoa, what's happened to my good friend Ben Affleck? Uh, is that him there playing Daredevil? That's, uh... <laughs> it sounds like he's trotting on like Deadpool kind of territory meta. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he might not do that. Um, 
Planes, Trains and Automobiles mm-hmm. is having a remake. It is. It With is. Will Smith and Kevin Hart uh, repro- uh, taking over the roles that were played in by Steve Martin and John Candy in 1987. The dream team back again. Have you seen Planes, Trains and Automobiles? I've not seen Planes, Trains and Automobiles. I hate it. Um, <laughs> which I, I, Your friend, my friend Dave Hartfrout has described this as possibly my most controversial opinion, I think, because uh, this is a much-loved film. Uh, but I found it excruciatingly unfunny. Um, with, with respect to the late John Candy, I did not did not find him funny at all. Um, Steve Martin. What's it about then? Uh, well, it's, it's about two guys um, who have to travel across the country, basically, with hilarious consequences. Well, hilarious uh, to some. Hilarious people. to many, but not to me. Um, Steve Martin looks a lot like Harrison Ford in this film. I think same facial expressions. Huh. Uh, but yes, I, I think humour is subjective, and, and I do not find them funny but I, I find Kevin Hart funny a lot of the time uh, and I know how Will you feel Smith about Will Smith but he, well, he hasn't done comedy for a while has he though uh, does Aladdin count yeah yeah I suppose so and, it's more like Hatter Day and was, compare, the, was so. the bad last Bad Boys film a comedy the, the trailer looks quite comedic <laughs> but I've got no idea no. if it's supposed to I've not seen any of the Bad Boys films so I really can't comment on that no, fair enough um so he's. I think he's done a little bit. Uh, but yes, this is. It's it's a it's going to be an interesting pairing because I think they're uh, they're both kind of fairly or very charismatic. Uh, they're both A-listers. I'd say both A-listers. Yeah, they are both so, A-listers. Uh, so if anyone, could, do, um, so I'm trying to remember who was. I, I think one. In, in, I think in Planes, Trains, Automobiles, one of them was kind of uptight, and one of them was more. You know, loose, let it, let it all hang out kind of character. Uh, I guess Will Smith's going to be the uptight one, maybe? It seems like it, right? It feels like it. But who knows? They may surprise us. They might. I suppose, a bit. I suppose Kevin Hart could do an uptight for half an hour before bursting out into manic Kevin Hartness. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, yes. Okay. More Batman news that wasn't mentioned at DC Fandom. Um, Barry, <laughs> Barry Keegan? 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 K K E O G H A N Q. Well, apologies to our Irish listeners. Uh, has joined the Batman. Uh, I knew him from Dunkirk. So for a little Christopher Nolan link, I think he played George in that. If I'm right. Uh, but also he's going to be in. Well, he's going to be in Eternals. Ooh. Um, so uh, someone who's uh, we've had a few people doing DC and Marvel, but I'm not sure if many are doing them at the same time, more or less. Mm. I guess it's not quite the same time. Uh, no, busy man. Also, uh, so that, I, mean, I, I don't know much about him, but that's, that's kind of news. But to the, the other bit of news is uh, it, the Eternals has become Eternals. <laughs> that's um, that's something to get excited about, isn't it? No, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I mean, like I've got like so many news to get through now, yes. Colin, and you just had to insert that one in. <laughs> Let's spend some time cogitating over whether Eternals or the Eternals is a better is a better name. Eternal sounds better though. That'll do. In my Good. Well done, uh, well done, Marvel. <laughs> Rem- remove the the. It's cleaner, as uh, as Justin Timberlake once said. Um, we have more Nicolas Cage news. Oh yes. Where are, you getting, where are you getting all this Nicolas Cage news from? Uh, I never see any of this stuff. Are you can I see it all the time. Nicolas Cage Clear, Weekly or something. Is it? <laughs> yeah. You know his upcoming film where he's playing himself. Well, again, you keep you keep. Give me this news, and it never happens. I've not seen any oh, of these films you're talking happening. about. There is news. There, there's the title. It's called in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Right. Obviously. Of course. Yeah. 
Um, Pedro Pascal is eyed to play a super fan of Nicolas Cage. All right. Yeah. And uh, as I've mentioned before, it's uh, a parody, well, somewhat parody of Nicolas Cage playing himself, because it's about a former Oscar-winning actor who's been left creatively unfulfilled in financial ruin. So right. pretty much yes, him. Yes, yes. And apparently in the story is that a $1 million offer is extended to the star to simply attend a birthday party of a super fan which I assume is played Pedro by Pascal's Pedro first, yeah. Pascal's character, yeah. And then things take a dangerous turn as Cage is forced to live up to his own legend, channeling his most iconic characters to save him and his loved ones. This sounds a little bit like Last Action Hero. This sounds quite fun, actually. Um, you imagine- <laughs> Pedro Pascal, to me, am I wrong? To, he bears a passing resemblance to Nicolas Cage, maybe? No idea. Well, he's coming out in the new Wonder Woman film, so... Of course he is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, for those who are big Nicolas Cage fans, this is why the, wouldn't this is you the be? Are you are you a big Nicolas Cage fan, Zijun? I haven't been for like twenty years. No, but I this am. is the time. <laughs> the time. Uh, we've got even more uh, Sony news. Where um, J C Chandor is going to be directing Craven the Hunter. Uh, the only film I think I've seen of his is All Is Lost, which was a, a kind of a shipwreck Robert Redford film from a few years ago. That was that was pretty good. Uh, Craven the Hunter. I've 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 never read any of this, but I've seen pictures. And he looks like the um, the chappy from Jumanji. Uh, yep, pretty much the hunter. Yeah, goes around shooting animals. And presumably likes to shoot Spider Man. Uh, yeah. He his goal in life is to find the the biggest prey to catch the biggest prey. And in his opinion, the biggest prey is Spider Man. Although maybe uh, again, this is the question of how much Sony and Marvel are going to overlap. Maybe he'll decide the biggest prey is actually Venom, uh, depending on or Spider Woman. Uh, depending on which rights they've got. It's very bizarre. I have no idea how they split the rights up, but well. Uh, well Sony has um, random it just two seemed... coming up and yes, as yeah. well as Morbius, isn't it? Morbius, of course, yes, yes. Yeah. And of course, that live-action Spider-Verse film um, that uh, lives mostly in my imagination. It, it, it seems strange. I mean, I know we've had Joker, um, which was which is a film about a, a villain, but... A film about Craven... I mean, Craven Hunter sounds like a villain. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, a film about him seems like that, an odd choice. I, mean, I guess... There, there, there's a tendency to make films nowadays on supervillains who are hash, uh, well slash anti-heroes now, right? So Yes, maybe I'll become an anti-hero. But I guess it just feels like the, the stuff that Sony owns, other than Spider-Man, is all villains. <laughs> But it's true though. No, and the thing is, no one really cares about anything else. Like, I'm not too. I'm not looking forward to watching a Morbius film, to be honest. I'm not looking forward to watching a Craven the Hunter no, film, unless Spider Man no. shows up in it and battles him. Mm. But I really, I'm not. And I guess like, Madam Web is still happening theoretically, isn't it? And, yeah, well, that's what they say. Good luck to him. Good luck to Sony. <laughs> um. This is some Netflix film, uh, Netflix film news. Uh, oh. A Fear Street R.L. Stein film trilogy is set for Netflix. Fear Street. You know, have you have you ever grown up reading the R.L. Stein books? Uh, I didn't, but Simon Goosebumps. did. Simon yeah. read them. The Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. The Goosebumps series. Yeah. So Goosebumps uh, and Fear Street, I think they're quite interchangeable. Uh, I I did grow up reading them until I grew out of them. They they weren't the best writing but no. Were, no no definitely not but I enjoyed them when I was younger but it definitely suffered the, the older I grew <laughs> yeah. no, I, I've um, not heard of Fear Street though so yeah, I, I said Goosebumps were quite big when I was a kid 
And of yeah. course, there was a j- couple of Jack Black films that seemed to bear no relation to the. To the I, I think Fear Street is the more slightly veered towards the teenage teenagers. Okay. And Goosebumps is slightly veering to the the kids. Kind of a, po- a point horror type thing. Do you have, yeah. do you have point horror? Okay. Uh, well, good luck. To, is R.L. Stein still alive? Who knows? Good luck to him. Um, if he is. Or her. I'm pretty sure it's a man. I'm pretty sure it's a man too. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Adam Pally, who you might know from uh, the TV show Happy Endings and from a yep. brief appearance in Iron Man 3, I think. One of the uh, Iron he Man. was in the Mindy... And the Mindy Project, yes. Project. yes. Yeah. Uh, he will be playing Jim Belushi uh, for a film. So... Uh, uh, Jim Belushi was the uh, the brother of John Belushi, but he's a, a comedic actor. He's no longer with us. He starred uh, in um, About Last Night. Is the one that immediately comes to mind because that's one of my one of my favourite films. Um, but uh, he, he was kind of this. I think mean, he was. A, a, I'm trying to remember whether I've got my Belushi brothers the right way around. He was either a blues brother or he was the brother of a blues brother. Mm. Anyway, uh, Adam Pally is playing him alongside Ike Barraholtz. Um, Okay. In the upcoming also film. the Mindy Project. What's the Mindy Project? And uh, Suicide Squad. I just remembered he was in the Suicide Squad. Uh, it's, looking at the cast, I can't remember who else is in it now, but it looked like a fairly TV cast. So I think this is going to be quite a small budget film. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, interesting way to go. Just got one more bit of news, um, uh, which is that Daniel Day Kim and Randall Park are making a heist movie together. Oh, um, nice. Which sounds, sounds fun. So, Randall Park, you will know from. Uh, from, oh, he's speaking of people who do DC and Marvel. He's an Ant Man and he's an Aquaman. Yes, he, he likes is. playing A Man stuff. He's in Fresh Off the Boat as well for those who oh, like okay. Asian American comedies. And I can't think, I, I recognize the name Daniel Day Kim, but I can't think what he's been in. He's in Lost. Lost, okay. Uh, anyway, so they're, they're doing a heist movie together. Oh, nice. Uh, right, uh, so DC fandom. Now, for those of you who weren't, uh, who weren't eagerly online uh, about a week ago, when it was. Um, DC did their own, I guess a bit like Comic-Con event, but exclusively for DC properties, uh, films, games, TV series, maybe even comics, although I don't remember anything about comics. Um, Obviously, this is a film podcast, so we're going to focus on the film bits. Uh, But they had 24 hours of non-stop uh, ram-packed material that was quite often repeated at slower times of day. Um, <laughs> did you watch? Did you watch? I, I didn't see any of it. No, I didn't see any of it. But I heard it was really good. Like I've seen the reviews for it, and thought um, people were saying that it's done really well. Yeah, I um, I was on, I was on there when it kicked off. I maybe spent. I was actually doing something. I was working on on the uh, church accounts, I think. But I had it on the background for the first few hours, and I, 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 I dived in a few more times after that. Uh, but yeah, the, the whole atmosphere of it was a lot more um, confident than I think DC's been for a long time. They knew they've got some good stuff here. Yeah. Because um, DC has, has had a bit of a uh, poor time. They've basically, for the last five, six years, they've just been mostly just been saying they're going to make films and then not making them. And every now and again, making a bad, bad one. Basically, playing catch up to Marvel. Really. Absolutely. And I think um, this is, I mean, they've made some really great, obviously, Wonder Woman was great. Um, uh, and they've done other stuff. I mean, Aquaman did very well. Got kind of mixed reviews, but Shazam did okay as well. Shazam did very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and some people who are wrong uh, love Batman v Superman. Uh, they're wrong. Um, but yes, it, it felt for the first time that they weren't just kind of playing Marvel catcher. They were kind of playing their own furrow. They're doing their own thing, and they yeah, they had all sorts of panels. Like, um, I say twenty four hours of this stuff. Since Comic Con was basically a complete non-event this year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we usually do a Comic-Con segment and we had, we didn't bother this year because there's nothing to talk about really. Um, there's all sorts of stuff going here. I think they did this very well. Oh. So did, Shall we begin by looking down at all the trailers that they put through? So the first trailer that uh, I saw was Wonder Woman 1984. Mm. Yeah. So in this trailer, for, for those... Uh, who do not know, uh, <laughs> we introduced uh, Cheetah, mm. played by Kirsten Wig, and also a lot more of Pedro Pascal's Maxwell Lord. Yeah, so we we already had a few trailers, haven't we, for this one? So it was, I mean, because it, it was all filmed and ready to go a few months ago, wasn't it? Um, so it's, it's, it's one of the ones that was badly hit by, by COVID. But yeah, the yes. first time we properly seen Kirsten Wig in her Cheetah form... Exactly, and uh, there have been some people who have been trying to compare that with the much maligned Cats movie. All right, yes. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> which came out in the end of last year, but um, you don't really see much of it though. It, it only came out at the end of the trailer, mm. and I really didn't like the lighting of that bit. It was just all grey, yeah. so you can't really tell much from that. So it wasn't that great of an impact as it, they were, you know, they could make it. It was just grey. Like the last five minutes, five seconds of the trailer is just grey, grey, grey. Yeah. It's very hard to tell the features of the cheetah. So I, I did like that bit a lot. The cheetah features, yes. Um, it's weird because sometimes, sometimes when you get trailers like this, it's because they haven't finished doing all the effects yet. Um, but I say this one was done some time ago, so I think that's as good as it's going to get. Maybe a little bit tweaking, but yeah, it's. it's I don't know the character really. I mean, I guessed from the name that she became something cheetah-like, but it seems kind of weird, like. So it, the premise of this film seems to be Maxwell Lord's has the ability to give you whatever you want. He says in the trailer, mm. and, it's, yep. and I'm piecing this together from what happens. So I could be wrong, but it looks like Kristen Wiig's character uh, takes him up on it and says, "What I really want most of everything in the world is to be a, a big cat, <laughs> be an apex predator." In her words, yes. But it's like, how much can you really get done as a as a big cat that you can't do as a human? Um, you can land on your feet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can squeeze in tight corners. You can probably climb trees pretty well. Yeah. Cheetahs are faster. Cheetahs are faster. They are the fastest creatures, that's true. But I still think that between being a cheetah or being someone with a car and a gun, um, <laughs> you're going to be better off in the latter in this kind of thing. Uh, maybe there's more to it than meets the eye. Maybe there's, there's more going on. I hope so. I'm, I'm really hoping that the last five seconds of that isn't like the main battle scene between Wonder Woman and Cheetah because I'll be mm. very annoyed to be having to strain my eyes in the cinema at something like that. If I were guessing, I could be I'd say that it might be a bit of a bait and switch and Maxwell Lord is the real main villain. Mm. He, he is a villain in the comic books mm. as well though. And I, I've mentioned before that he's the first person that Wonder Woman actually killed in the comic books. Right. I, I remember... Um, because I, I was watching uh, the TV Gold TV series back when Maxwell Lord is quite a big part of that. Uh, so he was, he was a villain in that. But I, I th- yeah, I think Cheetah might be a secondary villain. I might, they might be doing the old bait and switch. Uh, in, the, in the comic books, uh, Maxwell Lord has uh, mind control powers. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, he had mind control over Superman. They've all so mind controlled to- Superman at some point, haven't they? Yeah, of course <laughs> they do. And obviously to, to save people, you know, Wonder Woman had to kill Maxwell right. Lord to... Okay. Yeah, prevent Superman from killing everyone. Um, and do you think do you think that uh, that Steve Trevor is going to be alive at the end of the movie? No. no. I think you're probably right. I, I don't know how much Justice League they care about anymore, um, but certainly she seemed still quite upset about him at the end of that. So if you've been living happily since the uh, the 80s, that would be weird. 
Uh, well, speaking of Justice League, uh, we got a trailer for um, the Justice League Snyder Cut, and we now know it's going to be four one-hour uh, parts on HBO Max, or whatever we get over here. Uh, and the, had a trailer for that with uh, with Hallelujah being sung in the background and uh, and various different clips. And they managed to pull together. Well, this is one of the ones where they didn't actually get a live panel. They got various people asking um, pre-recorded questions that uh, uh, that Snyder then Zack Snyder pretended to answer live. <laughs> like, thanks, Ben. That's a great question. It's like Ben, ben Affleck is not here. <laughs> ben Affleck is in bed. Um, I was quite surprised by the trailer. Oh yeah, uh, in a good way, because hmm. uh, you know I wasn't looking forward to watching. Uh, I, I I wasn't keen on the Justice League film to begin with, mm. and like I always am not keen with Zack Snyder. You and I both know about Batman vs Superman. Sure, it's not like sure. you know he could do much better with that. But you know, I think one of the issues that Zack Snyder had with the whole Justice League thing was a matter of editing as well. Though, mm. like um, he has a lot of story, but he doesn't know how to cut it down to two hours. No, no. So having a four-hour film, which is probably going to be better, but it shouldn't be like that anyway in the first place. <laughs> he should just make a two-hour film because he's, yeah. he's due to make a two-hour film, not make a four-hour film and try to fit it into a two-hour film in the first place. It, it looks good though because they've given a lot more backstory to both Cyborg and Flash. You finally yeah, get yeah. to see Iris West as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, who appears in this. Um, so... Uh, it, it, it just looks better because you get to see the Justice League doing more stuff instead of cramming it into a two-hour movie, which they did badly. Um, but it's, again, it, it, they shouldn't do this in the <laughs> first place. Either choose to do a four-hour four-hour live series or yeah. do a two-hour film. Well, that's it. Yeah, because I mean, there's so much going on in Batman v Superman, and, and you say neither is like that that film. But I, I'm yeah, I'm surprised by how much I'm looking forward to this, and I, I, maybe I'm setting myself up for a fall because I'm not I'm not really expecting it to be good. But I'm wondering whether the TV format will work better for me if you've got more time to to dig into it. And I, I I think you, you can't just chop up a film. Let's say you've got a four-hour film, you can't just chop it up into four, and that will work. I think so. You'll need <laughs> to um, need to have it edited so there are kind of yeah cliffhangers Breaks, or, yeah. Or, or sensible breaking points at the very least. Um, I'll tell you one thing that did surprise me about this actually so we got quite a few different shots and, and some of them were bits we were expecting to see um, but the bit that surprised me is that it had the um, Amber Heard character whose name escapes me for the moment Myra Mira. Mira, uh, yeah. and, and Ackerman in that big uh, underwater bubble and I would have sworn that was a hasty reshoot for Justice League but it turns out that's what they wanted all along was uh, this kind of weird air bubble in the ocean because that, that was the weirdest bit of the... Well, not the weirdest bit, the long weird bit of Justice really? League. That was one of the weird bits of Justice League, where it's like, hey, Mira, do you want to do a solo movie soon? Yes, Aquaman, yes, I do. Let's do that. Um, which then was entirely ignored in Aquaman. So that's nice. That but yes, it'd be nice to... Well, I'm really excited, if I'm excited about anything, it's about going back into that um, kind of desert uh, horror future world that we saw a bit of in Batman v Superman, which, um, yeah. which looked really cool. And I'm quite excited by that flash uh, time travel thing making sense, because <laughs> yeah. it was not explained at all in Justice League, uh, the one we got in the cinemas. Oh yeah, that was so bizarre, wasn't it? Uh, so yeah, I, I, I'll definitely watch it. I, I, it sounds like we're going to be able to, because some of the stuff they just say, well, if you don't have, if you don't have this thing in in uh, in the UK, then you're not going to see it. Whereas I think they're going to find a way to show it to us somehow. Okay. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm definitely more excited than I was. So. Mm. 
Yeah, so that's give them props for that. Done well there. What next? The next is uh, now we're at the Batman. Ooh. Which is surprising because uh, they they mentioned that they only shot like 20% of the footage. <laughs> so I'm quite surprised how they can piece together a, a coherent trailer from that 20%. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's like 25. But yeah, right, yeah it's, it's mad that they've managed to get such a good coherent, as you say, trailer from that footage um, that they've, they've got. So we, we've got... Um, Maybe a slightly scrawnier Batman, a, a a certainly quite a violent Batman. So we see him beating up a guy and then beating him up some more and then doing a bit more beating up. <laughs> um, we don't. So we so we're going. To, we know what Robert, Robert Pattinson playing uh, Batman. We know uh, Jeffrey Wright is um, playing Gordon. Jim Gordon. Indeed, Jim Gordon. Um, we get a little bit of a glimpse of um, uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, mm-hmm. and we hear Andy Serkis as Alfred. Um, and the villains. So we know that Paul Dano is playing the Riddler. Um, a very dark take of the Riddler as well. Mm, well, so there's a character in the trailer who's um, who's kind of got goggles and otherwise covered face, and there's some debate online as to whether that's the Riddler or or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say probably it is, but we don't don't know for sure. Uh, certainly not wearing his Jim Carrey uh, green bowler hat and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely not. <laughs> Question marks are all. And then there's a kind of a, a really um, fat, distorted guy who may or may not be Colin Farrell as the Penguin. It's unrecognisable as Colin Farrell, though. Absolutely. So either it's just not him, um, <laughs> which is possible, or or they've gone for big uh, prosthetics and. Well, maybe Colin Farrell did not appear in the twenty-five percent of footage. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they just pieced it together. Maybe, maybe, maybe someone just described Colin Farrell uh, to a really bad photo fit person. Is like right, okay, yeah. <laughs> Looks a bit more like Tom Wilkinson actually. I thought who uh, was in uh, Batman Begins actually. It, it, it looks really good, lah. Like Matt Reeves, the director, said that you know he's going to use some um, Chinatown and nineteen seventies noir influences. Mm. So you can see in the trailer itself. Um, I am also worried about this film because of the, the the huge cast that they have and trying to give each and every one significant amount of airtime is going to uh, not make it such a good yeah, film. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good point. I think we've, we've learned in the past that having multiple villains doesn't always always work, particularly if they're introducing Catwoman as well. Uh, I mean, it, it sounds like apparently it's based on quite a lot on, uh, well, they think it might be on, on um, Batman Year 2, which is a comic I've not read. And um, is it the long funeral, the something funeral? Which again, I've not read. Um, but some some classic Batman uh, uh, comics, apparently. And uh, I yeah, I, I think like you, it looks good. Um, it it be, remains to be seen whether they're going to try and tie it into anything. I suspect they're probably not. I think it's a standalone. So I don't think they're going to try and tie it into into a flashpoint. Even maybe they'll put hints at it, but I don't, certainly not into a Justice League or, or Joker. Hmm. This feels like they're going to start something new with this anyway, right? Like a yeah, yeah. trilogy, possibly. Yeah, trilogy's been talked about. Hmm. I wonder whether we. I mean, you and I are excited, but I wonder whether the the, the movie going world at large has has had enough Batman. It's been a lot of Batman, hasn't it? It has, and they keep coming back. And it sounds, I mean, I'm sure they're not going to go through the death of his parents again, surely. <laughs> With um, the pearls falling in slow motion. Absolutely. But I think, yeah, Joe Public is just about aware, I think, that Ben Affleck wasn't connected to The Dark Knight. Uh, and it's probably figured out. I mean, to be honest, the, the average cinema goer 
even the ones who go to superhero films wouldn't necessarily be 100% sure that Batman isn't an Avenger um, necessarily so I think it's asking a bit much for them to juggle quite some money but uh, it, it looks like an interesting to tone uh, I didn't see much of the panel I, th- uh, I wasn't watching this bit but um, uh, the director oh God, I'm losing names today Matt Reeves what? Matt Reeves yep. um, turned off into the fandom and looks just like David Arquette if you ask me but there you go huh. uh, with a dodgy moustache <laughs> that's all basically the Arquette then yes exactly um, but I don't think any of the stars turned up I mean, I say this one's uh, a lot earlier along than some of them and yeah that's the next trailer we'll go through is probably the Suicide Squad mm. honestly they are, that's what DC is doing just adding the to the beginning while Marvel is removing the from their titles I did see I did see James Gunn had said that, uh, thank you Marvel for, for giving us your the <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so we've had Suicide Squad, but now we've got the Suicide Squad. Um, so we didn't get a trailer, but we got a behind-the-scenes first look type thing, which uh, had some behind-the-scenes had some stuff that looks like it probably will be finished film, but a lot more that was that was not. Uh, and we we learnt who all the all the actors are playing, or most of the actors. And there were so playing. many of them. There are so many. There are so many. And so many D-listers as well. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've not heard of half of the the villains in this. New Suicide Squad at all? No, I'm I'm not going to do the thing I sometimes do, Zijan, which is just name an obscure character and tell you, or ask you to, to tell us about it. Um, but let's see what we can, what you remember. We've got uh, we've got Polka Dot Man. Yep. We've got uh, Weasel. Played uh, by Sean Gunn. Played by Sean Gunn and in, in, in doing his, his thing for his in brother a, again. Yep. Uh, obviously, we've got uh, Harley Quinn back. We knew that was happening. We've got Boomerang, Captain Boomerang back. Uh, we've got TDK. Um, That's who, played by good old Nathan Fillion. Fillion uh, who the internet is fairly confident is uh, Arm Fall Off Boy. Yep. Apparently, it's about uh, a boy whose arms fall off. I see. Use that as a weapon. Oh, thanks for opening that up to me. I was really confused by what Arm Fall Off Boy might mean, but now you've uh, you really you really helped me there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember who else because Idris Elba ended up everyone thought he was going to be Bronze Tiger but he's turned out to be Blood something Bloodshot maybe Bloodsport Bloodsport that seems more likely uh, but yes anyway, it looks like James Gunn has ransacked the the D list of um, of DC villains <laughs> pretty uh, much yeah and um, a significant number I think of these characters will not survive very long in this film Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> My money is on I'm Fallout Boy. Yes, yes. In fact, let's, up, let's, uh, let's, 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 this, this seems like a transfer classic CZ movies uh, bet, Zijan. Uh, <laughs> if we, we each name a character, or an actor, if we can't name a character, and, and um, uh, who we think is going to die before, and then whoever yeah, I, whoever's I, I, dies sooner. You're going for I'm Fallout Boy, are you? I would definitely go I'm Fallout Boy, because I don't think Nathan Fillion is one of those who will sign up for multiple film series. No. Maybe uh, he will. I think you're. Right. I think you'll die, but I don't think you'll die as quickly as. Ooh, <laughs> it's, I'm either going Michael Rooker or Peter Davidson. Um, I'm going to go Michael Rooker. I think he's. A, I think he's a first five minutes death. <laughs> well, one of them needs to show. That, oh yeah, the necklaces has a bomb in them again. Yes. The colors have a bomb in them. Someone, someone, someone needs to prove that. Like, you know, remember Slipknot. Like Slipknot. Everyone, <laughs> everyone remembers Slipknot. Uh, this looks really good. Uh, I gotta say, that this is a, a recurring theme in DC fandom: is they're, they're putting stuff out that looks uh, better than I had anticipated. And it, 
Uh, James Gunn obviously did some great work with the Guardians of the Galaxy films and is coming back for third on uh, eventually. But this, so the first Suicide Squad film was such a misfire. It was, I mean, I which I don't think was David Ayer's fault necessarily, but it went through so many different tonal um, like when the first trailers came out, it was all kind of occulty, uh, dark, twisted, and by the end, it was just a, a fairground ride. Um, yeah, this James Gunn is not going to allow that to happen. I don't think, or, and I think DC have maybe learned their lesson. But this just seems like a really fun, um, out there take on this. Which is, I think, what a Suicide Squad should be like, anyway. Hmm. It yeah, should be out there like a bunch of misfits, right? Getting together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, solving problems in the galaxy, you know, like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, yeah, so I, we don't really know anything about what they're supposed to be doing this time, I don't think. So um, there's, I mean, there's, there's a, a computer game coming out around the same time where apparently the Suicide Squad uh, has to kill the Justice League. So I'm, That looks really good, I have to say. I saw the trailer for that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a computer games guy, but uh, yeah, that looks like a, looks like fun. I understand. <laughs> it does look quite good. Um so maybe there'll be something. I don't know whether they'll be trying to tie it into something bigger, like they'll be trying to take down Superman or something like that, um, or whether it'll be because uh, wasn't that the idea of the first just the first Suicide Squad film that they were it, it being was, formed yeah. because of Superman? So who knows if they'll go in um, tie in like that or not? Could be trying to take down. It could be linked to Flashpoint or something. I suppose, but, or maybe they're trying to wow. take down Cheetah. Maybe they've got them all together to take down Cheetah. There's a <laughs> there's a woman who's as fast as a cat. Quick guys. A very this. fast cat, though. I mean, like, she's going to fight someone who throws boomerangs. I'm sure she'll be better. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm just see Amanda Wallace sending out the instructions of, uh, listen, everyone. She may seem like she's coming. She's going to, if she falls off something, she's landing on her feet. So, you know, that's uh, something to be wary of. Uh, <laughs> we um, we also got, uh, so those are the main ones, weren't they? But we, we had a few other panels. So there was a, uh, some teasing for the Flash movie. Um, which was mainly just Ezra Miller chatting, really. I don't think so we, we didn't get any footage or anything of that. Um, but we did get told that uh, the Flash, we got a picture of a um, kind of concept art, I think, of his new costume and the fact that it's going to be made by Batman, although we don't know which Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guess is it's going to be made by the Ben Affleck Batman because he's the one, that's the one he knows. Yep. Um, that makes sense. Um, we got a panel of Shazam, uh, Shazam 2. So this is where your, uh, your Sinbad reference comes in. Yep. Sinbad cameo in a cool title. So I, I feel I, I was reading about all about this because it's all about the Mandela effect. Yes. Do you want to explain <laughs> the Mandela effect to our listeners? Uh, something about people seeing Nelson Mandela speech, isn't that right? Or uh, not getting killed. Killed. Yes. Yeah. So, so basically, a lot of people seem to remember Nelson Mandela dying uh, years he before did. he actually did. Died. And yeah. rather than admitting they just made a mistake, <laughs> they're like, maybe there's a parallel universe. Um, where that actually happened we saw it so in this case the Mandela effect is that a lot of 90s kids were sworn that they saw a movie called Shazam with Sinbad as a genie Mm. but that has never actually happened it never existed there was a film called Kazam starring someone else whose name escapes me now Um, and it's fairly obvious that people have just got got confused with that because apparently the other guy looked a bit like Sinbad but there you go. It's, I've never heard of Sinbad outside of this theory. Um, and so it was quite a niche joke, I suppose. It really is. So wow. I, I took it to be a, a joke, but maybe he actually is. is maybe the, I mean, in fairness, it's still a joke, I suppose. It's just they've taken it really far, if they put him in. Uh, um, there's the new title as well. Yep. Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Interesting. Um, 
the kids must have grown up by a lot by now, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, well, it was a couple of years ago, isn't it? So I guess they'll do it yeah. real time. Rather than that weird thing they do with the It, it 2 where they de-aged like 12-year-olds. Yeah. Um, and tied into this, we got a little bit about Black Adam. So we got The Rock uh, doing a Q&A, standing in a CGI hallway. Um, yeah. We got uh, some concept art. We, got, we even got a kind of a, a, a kind of a concept art trailer, which is a bit weird. Uh, so I suspect Black Adam will tie into Fury of the Gods, uh, either very directly or, or less directly. Mm. And that was DC Fandom. That was the that was that's something I think that we were going to talk about. The, other than uh, I know you didn't see it, but it, it was I say it was it, it was a good atmosphere. It was slightly weird because they were all standing in CGI domes. <laughs> uh, it was a kind of the, the interspersed bit, and obviously with COVID, people couldn't be in the same place. There was a lot of Zoom stuff, and some of it was quite fun. Some like the Suicide Squad. Just did a, and I'm trying to think who else did this. There was someone else did this. I just did a big um, Zoom game. Uh, so I think of course, did it. What's that one where uh, there's maybe mafia or something like that? But they, they did something where there's werewolves, some some sort of um, yep, um, hidden traitor thing. Yeah, yeah, some sort of hidden traitor game. Uh, so you got bits and pieces like that, and you got some Q, some more standard Q and As and interviews. Um, but yeah, I don't know whether this is going to become a, a regular thing. Like obviously D- Disney is now doing their own D23. Um, so Comic Con becomes less and less relevant, I suppose, as people take their own stuff away. But uh, for the first time, uh, I'm I'm optimistic about the future of DC. Me too, actually. After looking at all the trailers, I am quite keen. Wow, that took up so much time. <laughs> yeah, I think we are going to cut off some of our sections. Let's, let's lose a few segments. Yes, okay. Um, well, <laughs> let's let's talk about Tenet. Um, <laughs> with what small amount of time we have left. Um, so this is the, the great return to cinema. So Christian Nolan is back. He uh, he obviously did a number of everyone's favorite films: Dunkirk, Interstellar, Memento, Inception, The Dark Knight trilogy, uh, Insomnia, and Following, which no one has seen. Uh, and this is a, um, back with some some time travel. You, you usually do the scene setting, but don't you, John? I've taken your I job. Do. Um, no, no, any, yeah, anything well, else you want to say, or did I do it all? No, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> no, I was just going to say that when you say back to the cinema, it's not just Christopher Nolan, it's us as well. Yes. I was going to ask you how your first, uh, how your return to the cinema felt like. Yeah, so uh, so I went to, I had a bit of time off work, so I went in at 11 o'clock on a, on a Thursday morning, so it wasn't it wasn't busy. Um, so it was fine. I, I, I learned that uh, someone told me, and it works, if you put your glasses on top of your mask, uh, you can breathe without fogging your eyes, so that was, uh, without your glasses stimming up, so that was good. I didn't have that issue. Um the only thing for me is, you know, was cinemas always this loud, or was it just this film? Because um, <laughs> it was so loud, and I think that's partly because there weren't as many bodies to soak up the sound, maybe uh, in in the screen. But uh, or maybe it's just Christopher Nolan who likes his his big bass thunderous. Was, but, uh, yeah, it was very loud for me as well. It's an issue that I'll, I'll touch on as well after yeah. we've been through the <laughs> the, mm. the film. Um, yeah, my 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 experience in cinema was pretty good as well. Um, people do not follow the whole mask wearing thing very seriously, to be honest. Um, really? Okay. You, some people do. You Londoners. Yeah. I know, right, rebels? Uh, did you get food? Uh, no, we didn't get food. I mean, uh, as much as we would like to. Uh, recreate our 
entire cinema experience hmm. I do know why I mark up those bloody food prices yeah are, so. I, I <laughs> never get food in cinema I, <laughs> I, and just, I, I don't even bring food in I sometimes I used to bring food in but it's like I don't need I don't need food to watch a film <laughs> no. um, so yeah it's obviously the mask thing people take masks off if they're eating uh, but it's, yeah Tenet was kind of the the, the um, supposed to be saving the cinema I think this was the kind of big thing that if, if people were going to both come back to see anything it was likely to be it was uh, and the screening is pretty much every half an hour really yeah, and they had to stagger them a bit, obviously, to to avoid people walking out at the same time. Um, he he stands almost maybe uniquely among directors in that um, he can open a, a film and just from his name. I think yes. these if you go back twenty twenty five years uh, or even less, um, it was it was stars. People would go and see the latest Julia Roberts or, or the latest Tom Cruise or whatever else. And, and these days, it's much more franchises. People go and see the latest uh, Batman or Mission Impossible or, or Fast and Furious. Um, I, I think uniquely, people will go and see the latest Christopher Nolan. There's no one else like that. Um, and, and, and they will be right, no? I don't think there's anyone out there like Christopher Nolan right now. No, no. I mean, there's, there are directors I prefer, but there's there's no one doing quite um, quite this, I guess. Um, for for good and ill, um, we'll talk, yep. talk about that. Um, exactly. So we'll do um, uh, non spoilers first, and we'll do spoilers. Um, did did you understand what was going on, Zijan? If you can do that in non spoilers. <laughs> yes, that's that's a, that's the thing. So uh, the whole um, general idea of um, Tenet is uh, well, time travel. Yeah. That, that's what you see in the trailers anyway, yes. um, or, or in what they say in the the film, inverting the entropy of. Um, anything that yeah. uh, materials right so they effectively go back in time well, absolute nonsense but yep yep <laughs> yeah that's, that's, what, that's, that's the general idea of it um, I actually quite like the general conceit I mean I thought some of the ideas came across and looked very well on screen hmm. um, as, as you would expect like you know uh, because in this film time travel works in a such such that if you go backwards in time, the people who moving forward in time will see you effectively yes, so walking I, backwards. So unlike most time travel, like Back to the Future, something where you just appear yes. in, uh, in, the, in the past, you actually just, go, yeah, as you say, go backwards in real time effectively um, to go back. So, and then you can switch around once you're there to go forwards again. So you can yes. have multiple versions of yourself at the same time. Um, yeah, got so the reason I was, so Christopher Nolan I think has become famous for doing quite high high concept uh, films. So obviously Inception when you're going into dreams, um, Interstellar, Interstellar with whatever nonsense. Love on transcends <laughs> space yeah. and time. Um, fourth dimension. And Memento, which which was uh, uh, um, a sort of type of amnesia or not quite amnesia, where, where uh, the entire film was was backwards uh, in, yes. in different segments but for me Christian Nolan used to be a director who took a complex uh, story and made it understandable so Memento and Inception are both very complex but I think understandable I mean Inception you can probably nitpick a, uh, the, the kind of the details but overall you get what's going on yes this and I'm going to make it obvious fairly on how I reacted but this was almost the opposite to me of him taking a not that difficult concept and making it really difficult to understand. Um, so, I, 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 the whole idea of moving backwards in time is not a new one. I mean, if you, it just made me think of Red Dwarf. There's a famous Red Dwarf episode where things happen backwards. Um, but this was not easy to follow. I don't think, for me at least. 
I, 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 I do agree with you. Um, it was quite an exposition heavy at the beginning mm. of the film, uh, which uh, they have to do a lot of elaborate expl- explaining of a lot of things. Yeah. That, to be honest, right, in the last half of the film, if they just showed the last half of the film, I would just say, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, just see how it works. You say, all this nonsense about reversing entropy and friction goes backwards and if you set something on fire, it goes cold. Or, you think, I mean, again, this this reminds me of Interstellar, which I didn't really like, that trying to find scientific explanations. Or, yeah, all you need to do is say, yeah, you go backwards in time. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, People know what that it. means. <laughs> so yeah. It, you don't need to have some sort of pseudoscience which doesn't mean anything um, to try and fill it out. What I found very strange about this film, actually, is that, so you had, and this isn't really spoilers, but fairly early you kind of showed how this works. So you're shooting guns back, shooting a gun, but the bullet goes into the gun uh, rather than out. Uh, and then at the end, you've got this big kind of people going backwards, people going forwards, all sorts. But for a good solid hour in the middle, there's no time travel at all. It's all is none that you're seeing. It's basically just a we need to get this thing to this person. It's it's, it's just a MacGuffin. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was true that he had to travel to India a couple of times as well. Mm. Mm. Um, it was it was a very complicated plot um, to to make a, a concept into a film. Yeah, and again, none of the, none of that complexity had anything to do with time travel. It was just a well, he needs this, and he's blackmailing him for her for this. So we need to make sure that happens there, and this gets this to there. And it was just a little bit convoluted. And, and yeah, I, I, I get what you mean as well. Like one one issue I had with this film is that you you can tell that Christopher Nolan knew what his final set piece was going to be. Mm, mm. You know, and everything that happened before that final set piece was catering to that set piece so it doesn't matter how the plot is happening etc hmm. etc et so long as the final thing happened yeah yeah build up to that thing so that's why the it gets way too messy just to cater to that final thing which wasn't really that impressive anyway no i guess we'll come on to that in, in spoilers but it it reminded me of inception in some ways just just much worse um i because some of the some of the concepts similar i suppose but the the characters in this. I mean, let's let's talk cast. But um, the in, in Inception, I think there's got a, a good range of of really emotionally uh, in depth characters. Uh, in this, we've got a few. But so we've got John David Washington uh, playing uh, the protagonist, um, who who's the guy this is all happening to basically, um, which is not really what yep. protagonist is supposed to be. But there you go. Um, he was fine. He was reliable. He was solid. Um, but that's pretty much it, really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't see a deep inner life. I mean, you can compare him to Leo in Inception. He's he's nowhere near. There's no depth to it. His character, he's just there at the right time because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it feels like there is more depth, but it's all off screen, <laughs> or it's uh, it's a different film. Um, he, he's just like a typical hero character. Yeah. Any, well, basically, his name is the protagonist, right? So yes. <laughs> it's as on your nose as you can. It's basically like Mister Man in Interstellar. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. All right, like, why, yeah, why would you name someone the protagonist? And mm-hmm. his character is effectively just there to be the the main hero of the film. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, he basically proves he can withstand a lot of pain, and that's about it. Um, Elizabeth Debicki, I thought was was probably the best part of this. film. I love her. I think she's the best as well in this film. Um, so she uh, she plays the 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 wife stuck in a loveless marriage with um, evil Russian. Catherine, Catherine, sorry. 
yeah, evil Russian slash arms trader. Yes, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Um, and she actually has some emotional depth, and, and she has this this son that she um, that he's threatening to take away from her. Have you ever seen Zijan and the TV series The Night Manager? I know. Uh, in that, Elizabeth Debicki plays uh, the the wife stuck in a loveless marriage with an arms trader uh, who has a hold over and won't let her leave um, before the protagonist comes in to rescue her. It's exactly <laughs> the same role. <laughs> it's phenomenal, um, and that, she did it very well. No in Night she I can see why the yeah, because I mean that, that's the audition reel, isn't it? Just watch the night manager. Um, I mean, in that one, there was there was I mean, it was it was longer because it was a um, I can't remember three or four part series, um, and there there was a kind of romantic relationship between her and, and Tom Hiddleston, who played the John David Washington role for want of a better term. But it was it was phenomenal just how much she was playing exactly the same character, um, uh, which was good. Kenneth Branagh, uh, evil Russian arms trader. Um, was suitably scary I thought I thought he did a good job actually yeah I thought he was okay as well like he, it's a role that you could easily be a scene chewer yeah but yeah. he doesn't he doesn't do it though that's good yeah I mean he, well generous I think he chews a bit of scenery but he does it he does it well I, I thought um, <laughs> maybe just just the right amount of just the right amount yeah because yeah. Uh, yeah genuinely scary at times um, and, and quite violent and stuff uh, um, uh, and uh, we have Robert, Robert Patterson turning up for, as a uh, new as Neil was his name was it his name's Neil yeah cool as uh, kind of a <laughs> raffish foppish uh, agent who kind of just turns up at the right time yeah in the right place the place um, and doesn't do a huge amount uh, he becomes more important I guess the time wears on yep but, um, uh, or, or wears backwards I suppose depending on which way you look at it uh, and hey, Aaron Taylor Johnson turned up. Um, I didn't know he was in it. As I well. didn't know like, he was in I it. I couldn't no. recognize him. Well, I did. I, I was like, he can't, he turned up uh, maybe what two hours in, and I was like, yeah, is that, is that Aaron Taylor Johnson? Um, no, I can never recognize Aaron Taylor Johnson when he has his beard on. I was like, he didn't. He, yeah, I, I was kind of maybe ninety percent sure it was him because it doesn't look much like him. Uh, you know, he does. Um, one, before we get on to spoilers, because I think we're getting close to spoilers now, but um, one thing that I also struggle with in this is hearing what the hell was going on. Um, yes. So we talked about it a little bit. So it was very noisy, but also I feel like Bane in, in Dark Knight Rises, people were talking through masks. People would, There was one particular scene where they're on these kind of speed yacht type things. That was the worst. Yeah. So you've got loud bass, you've got the sound of the sea, they're talking on these mic things. I hope there weren't too many important plot points in that scene because I did not un- hear any of it. <laughs> no, it's it's ridiculous though. Like I hated the sound mixing of this film mm. so much. Yeah. Why do you need the soundtrack of the film overpower people's conversation in a in a film that you were trying to make complicated in the first place yes. by having so much expository dialogue? Why do you choose? Why what kind of choice as a director? Do you choose to make it such a way to, to explain stuff while you're on a high speed boat? through an intercom machine. It's mad, it's, isn't it? And It's ridiculous. The choices he made, is, I just don't understand it at all. No, and I think, again, I, I kind of compare it to Inception, where that, that wasn't an issue, I don't think. I mean, there, there, were quite, there was some great sound design in Inception, very um, in, uh, inspired a lot of films since. But yeah, this why, yeah, well, things like the, the opening scene is this kind of um, oh, attack, robbery heist uh, at, a, at an opera. I didn't understand anything that was going on in that scene. No, um, me neither. Uh, like, I needed subtitles. I mm. was desperately needing subtitles in this film because... Well, that is not just they, me. Okay. They were just not speaking clearly at all. And 
I I feel sorry for those people who 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 went in there, and just yeah yeah not is if, it possible English is not your first language and you don't have yeah. subtitles it's gonna be awful is it possible we're getting old Zijan. No, it's not. Could, I've looked online as well, and people have been okay, complaining. Okay, because I mean, literally. So um, again, not not really spoilers, but you have this big high scene, and you got um, uh, John Doe Washington in a in a in a mask, and then you cut to him being on a railway track, being being tortured. Um, I genuinely thought that um, it would be in the kind of case of mistaken identity or something, and it was he. You kind of there was a different character at the opera, and he was elsewhere at the same time. Just because I couldn't mm. see who it was through the mask, I couldn't hear what was going on. It took yep. quite a long time before I realised that that scene happened after the uh, the previous one rather than concurrently. It was a, um, so I mean, let's before we talk spoilers. Um, o- overall, I mean, it sounds like we're more or less on the same page. But I, 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 pro- uh, like, I, I think it's better than Inter- Interstellar, though. Yes, um, personally, yeah. and or, and I think it could be because well, first of all, I think it's more comprehensible than Interstellar yeah I think uh, this film was very convoluted at the beginning and then it became clearer at the end towards the end whereas Interstellar had the opposite problem yeah it was, yeah. It was clearer in the beginning and it became way too overly convoluted towards the end so in terms of what I prefer more I would prefer Tenet <laughs> at least at least I could understand what's happening there I can come up from the cinema thinking oh, okay that kind of makes sense. Whereas Interstellar, I'll come up from the cinema thinking, eh. yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I could see myself watching Tenet again, which I, I, I'm not going to watch Dunkirk or Interstellar again, I don't think. But um, but certainly I'll rank it much below the others. Uh, and there are, and look, this content now, but there are some bits that I'd like to see again to see. Because if, yeah, let's do spoilers. Um, but I, I, felt, I felt there were some seeds planted that quite explained later. Yeah. Uh, maybe not, maybe there are more that I've I've missed, but there, there are a couple in particular. Um Probably if you could hear them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, in uh, in an art gallery at an airport, which is apparently is a thing that happens if you don't want to pay tax on your paintings or something, um, there's this big fight that turns out to be um, John David Washington moving backwards in time um, towards the end fighting of the film, himself. which yep. I thought was not entirely explicable because it's not entirely clear who started fighting whom, but... Uh, but leaving that to one side, I thought that was one of the best bits. That was that was done very nicely. I thought that looked so good. Mm. Like uh, I'm to to choreograph that fight scene must have yes. taken forever to do. Because one, it's insane. yeah, it's, one person was fighting backwards, one person was fighting forwards, effectively. And yeah, it, that's that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Like I was looking through that. There was a bit where I was sold of this whole time travel thing because seeing them fight there and then, it's it's actually very very impressive. That fight choreography for that alone, right? Is yeah, and that, that uh, I think was by far the best use of the time dynamic, and it kind of made me. I mean, almost made me think, well, what you what were you wasting all your time with before? Like, that was <laughs> that was great. And I mean, before that, a car chase, which I think was also fun, maybe not quite as successful, but um, so you had cars flipping all over the place, and it turns out he was in that car and flipping around. Blah, blah, blah. I think I don't think they'd entirely established the rules of how you drive a car whilst travelling backwards in time. Because it had all this kind of, oh, friction works backwards. I don't know what that meant. Um, There was a very... uh, Surely that doesn't affect just cars, right? Running requires friction. Sure. I think it's one of those things Walking requires friction. As soon as you poke it even slightly, it doesn't make any sense. Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, there's kind of like, oh, you can't breathe um, oxygen because the way the body works is backwards or something. But yeah, just... Surely, then osmosis, which is how you get air into the lungs or from the lungs, or else is, is a I don't know biology, but it feels like you just die on the spot, wouldn't you? Um, 
yeah pretty much anyway uh, that was that was good um there was a bit that i thought went very well again which was maybe miss the fact there wasn't more of it but um elizabeth Debicki's character says that um, when she was going to see her husband on the boat and this woman uh, dived off and she felt so jealous of her freedom yeah. uh, and that later turned out to be her having moved in time i thought that was a very good moment which i didn't see coming yeah i, uh, I enjoyed it too um i also like the whole the idea of the temporal pincer movement I can see. So this temporal pincer movement is being brought up in this, the film quite a few times. It's effectively a group of teams of two, uh, where one team moves forward in time and one team moves backwards in time uh, on the same mission, and they benefit from each other's uh, insight and knowledge from the other one. Yeah, it's an uh, interesting idea. Um, I'm not sure how well executed it was. I don't think it was. Yeah, it's true. Execution-wise, you can argue about it, but uh, in terms of the idea, I think it was quite. I think it's something that I've not seen before. Yeah, probably. and at least uh, he did have them like marked in blue and red for which one was going which way. That, that. but I was watching that, I was thinking, I I'm not that interested in seeing a film that's kind of shooting and explosions. It's not that much more interesting if the shooting explosions happen backwards. Um, to be honest, <laughs> I didn't understand why it ended up in that kind of situation. <laughs> why was there suddenly a big scene where they were in an abandoned place and there's a huge army why, why is there suddenly an army yeah, yeah. yeah because this whole I mean, how this whole thing like if Kenneth Branagh dies the entire world dies with him and the future generations will move backwards into this world and uh, there's a nine part algorithm and they're all fighting over where the nine part algorithm parts. is and it's like oh come on <laughs> no that, that, that was ridiculous like, like the whole you see a lot of these things right they do not need to add it like the whole part of it being a nine-part algorithm why does it need to be a nine-part algorithm you just I, need to just yeah i've just seen nothing algorithms nine letters is that something to do with it yeah it's, but, it's so it was... unnecessary uh, these kind of things and like, i just feel like so for me right i would have preferred it as you said that this film be is more intimate mm. so inception works well because it doesn't have a grand a big scene in the end you know, everyone, in the end, it was just this group of six people doing their jobs. Yeah. Um, I didn't like that in the end of this film, it's a, <laughs> a whole bunch of soldiers who have not met before <laughs> yeah. um, finishing this film. Uh, that's why I like the parts with Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah. Yeah. Those are very intimate. You know, you can understand where she's coming from and what she's doing and why she's there. You know, it makes sense. Whereas the whole army thing, I just, I just don't like it. Yeah, I mean, and they tried to put an emotional bit where Robert Pattinson's character is off, goes off to die, um, which I didn't entirely grasp at the time because it was something to do with some orange thread coming out of his backpack. I don't find it. And, it, and this is what I told me about character development off screen because it's saying basically that the, the two of them have had this long friendship that happens in the future for John David Washington and happened in the past for uh, Robert Pattinson. One bit, this is just, this is very nitpicky. But, so there's this whole subplot of. Um, Elizabeth Debicki's character has authenticated a, a drawing that it turns out is faked and Kenneth Branagh is going to reveal that she authenticated this painting and that's the great hold that he has over her which seems a little tenuous but there you go so she gets these guys in to, to destroy it and then it turns out he knows all about this and he took it out of the art gallery or art holding and uh, he presents it or gets his servant to present it to her on a tureen <laughs> yeah of course why did she not I mean he's nowhere near he, he's maybe five metres away why didn't he just chuck it in the sea at that point? He's like, this is yep. this is what I'm trying to destroy. You just put it in front of me on a boat. <laughs> it's fake anyway. So it's not but, like you're going to lose a lot yeah, of exactly. she, she, No problem. She can remove all the proof. Job done. So there yeah. you go. I thought that Goodbye. was that was strange. But what we haven't talked about, Zijan, is um, 
and the kind of the great tour de force. It, it struck me as more of a Mission Impossible type thing to do, but there you go, Chris Nolan's doing it. He flipping crashed a jumbo jet, is it jumbo jet? Anyway, a large plane, into an airport. Mm. He actually did it, um, which is pretty cool. He looks very cool. Yeah, the guy from yesterday is in there. Yes, it? Uh, is it Himesh Patel? Himesh Patel, um, yeah. Who didn't do huge amounts other than learn how to drive a, a speedboat, so fair play to him. Yes, that was that was a very nice um, set piece. That uh, <laughs> he, yeah, I think Christopher Nolan has a lot of set pieces that he wanted to put in this film. Yeah, and that's why it's all catered for it. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, again, it was a slightly tenuous. Like we need to cause a distraction. I don't know, crash a plane into the building. Good. Yeah, why not? Why do it. not? Set off. Yeah, they need to set off the sprinklers or something. Like, could you? It's not like they got the picture anyway, right? No, no, it didn't. Oh, work. they did. They um, didn't. It didn't work at all. Nothing worked at all. Like all they did was <laughs> crash. Literally, was what was happening was they crash it in and then they tried to open some doors and they couldn't open. They started fighting each other and then they yeah. just pretended to faint and that's it. Talk, Nothing talk happened. Um, so I was a little unclear exactly how they were switching back and forth in time because at one point I thought it was some special room and it turns out maybe they had something on them that did it but anyway we've talked about this um, beyond our time uh, beyond our usual time I think but uh, it's it's the, just for me it's the latest disappointing film from Christian Island and I know that I know that uh, others disagree I think a lot of people love Dunkirk and a lot of people love Interstellar um, but to me he made some great I mean, yes, Memento is such a phenomenal film. Inception is phenomenal. Still one of my and best been, favorite films all day. Yeah, and it feels like it's been downhill for a while. Or, or, or I mean, I mean, the, the the box office doesn't necessarily agree with that, and and, and the reviews don't necessarily agree. There've been some quite polarizing. So I've seen quite a few five star reviews. I've also seen a two star review. Yeah, very polarizing for this one. Um, I would say maybe three stars if I was if I was doing a star rating. It was had some great bits, but overall, could be better. Yeah, it just um. It felt like a waste of the premise to yes. me. And and it's not like time travel is a new idea. So many time travel films that I don't think this was quite as clever as Chris Moran thinks it is. Oh, well. There you go. Uh, so do you think our listeners should watch it? I think you should watch it because I think you should support the cinema industry to begin mm. with. Um, and It's not a bad film. At it's all. not bad. I just don't go in expecting it to save cinema. Um, you've got better films at home. Like the new mutants. Uh, the new reasons. Well, um, sneak. Let's let's, let's let's mention that now. So, our, our new mutants is I think already out in some cinemas and coming to some cinemas later. Yeah. Uh, it's been, I think I'm right in saying it's been 17 years since uh, since new mutants was first first <laughs> yep. come out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's quite fair. And our next episode, Jan, is going to be on the new mutants. We're going to flip and see it. Yeah. I <laughs> oh, say that. I, until we've actually sat in the cinema and watched it, I'm not going to believe it. I think there's going to be something happening. <laughs> there'll, there'll be a, I don't know, some sort of every cinema will will collapse or someone will accidentally burn all the prints of this film. Or something. So it'll turn out that Anya Taylor-Joy is a, is a serial killer and they can't show it. I don't know. Um, shall we push, uh, look back on Oscar to next time? Yes. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about The Great Ziegfeld. Um, we'll talk about it next time. Um, so we'll go on to our quiz and I can't for life remember where we are for the year are we level for the year? Maybe? I think we're level for the year last time Rob and I quizzed on Leonardo DiCaprio and I won't spoil that for you Zijan since you've not listened to it yet but, um, uh, this time we're quizzing about the films of the late Alan Parker uh, let me ask you the first question Zijan who wrote the screenplay for Midnight Express? Oh, I don't know this I'm going to assume that it's him so I'm going to guess Alan Parker. Uh, good shout, but no, it's uh, Oliver Stone. 
Oh yeah, I read that. Oh. Uh, question one for me: Which film of Alan Parker's were over a thousand cream pies thrown during his making? <laughs> uh, that sounds like Bugsy Malone to me. That is Bugsy Malone. Uh, question two: Scott Bio, uh, B A I O, played the title character in which film? Scott Bio played the. Wow, the only way I know which has a. Uh, uh, <sighs> go with Bugsy Malone. I'm gonna go with Bugsy Malone. It is Bugsy Malone. Very good. <laughs> Uh, question two: In which two films did Alan Parker receive his two best director nominations from? Ooh. Oscars, by the way. Yes, yeah. Um, oh, that's a good question. Because so I've only I've seen maybe three of his films. He's done some good stuff. Uh, I, All of his stuff has been quite critically acclaimed. Yeah, by most of it. Yeah. I'm quite surprised. I need to watch his films now. Yeah, there's a few here that I definitely want to watch that I've not, not seen yet. Uh, I'm going to say um, Midnight Express. And Boxy Malone. Uh, Midnight Express is correct. Mississippi Burning is also. Oh, of course. Yes. Um, question three. In which European capital city is The Commitments set? Uh, Dublin? It is Dublin. Yep. Yeah, because I know there's one set in Ireland. Uh, it's another set. Uh, question three for me is In which American city is the film fame set? That's New York. There is New York. Uh, question four: um, Which Avita song won the Oscar for Best Original Song? Uh, you must love me. Yeah, which I've never heard of. Mm. Uh, question four: What war serves as the backdrop for the film "Come See the Paradise"? All right, I've never heard of it. Um, I must admit, I didn't do lots of research. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say the Vietnam War. It's World War Two. Um, okay, for this one to guarantee the win, then um, who uh, who wrote the book that was the basis for the film Angela's Ashes? I love this book, Frank McCord. Frank oh, very good. Yeah, and question five: What song was added to the film adaptation of Evita, which has since been included in several future productions of the play? Was it "You Must Love Me"? Yes, "You Must Love Me." No, no, no wonder you were so confident in that answer. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so either your head or your level or something. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Um, so next time I say we're talking New Eaton's we're talking about Great Ziegfeld and what are we quizzing on Zija? The films of Alejandro Inuitu. Excellent. I'll see you then. Bye bye.